Hello, my name is Kayla and I am a graduate of Providence Baptist College. Welcome to Maverick Messages, where you will hear the soul-stirring sermons that we hear each and every school day. Please enjoy the following Maverick message. In Chronicles chapter 5, would you stand with me for just a moment? <clears throat> this message has been alluded to, and I'm going to start here and we're going to go probably a completely different direction than it's been applied previously, though I still believe certainly within the context of Scripture. Second Chronicles 5, 13, the Bible says this, And it came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they had lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments and music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. I'd like to speak on this thought, multi-generational music. Multi-generational music. I'll introduce it in just a moment. While I pray, could you pray too? God can hear more than one of us at a time, all right? You pray silently while I pray aloud. Father, we thank you for this almost afternoon. Thank you for the work that has gone in. Uh, You've brought these 150-plus folks together for such a time as this. And, Lord, I ask that you'd speak through me, and I'd be nothing but a conduit. Say what you have me to say. Maybe a blessing, but as necessary, conviction. Thank you for your goodness in your son's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I have found, for me personally, though at times I certainly can have trouble borrowing the neighbor's keys, as you joke, and getting on pitch every once in a while, oftentimes for me, my weakness, something that I need to work on, both theory and practically, and in practice, is timing. Oftentimes, you ever seen those people that will start tap, 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 one, two, one, and they'll do two different timings with two different hands? And then they'll do one and threes and triplets, and then they'll do two and three, and then they'll do, they'll just keep going and start doing fours in one hand and fives in the other with the same downbeat. Mm-hmm. And they'll just keep, they'll just keep you, and then switch hands and go, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like people that can do this. It's like, can, can, can you move them back and forth? You're, you're all thinking, you're try, all trying to figure, can you go back this way? People like trying to like make their pinkies do the right thing. Like trying to do things, and then you do it with different hands at the same time, do the opposite way. That's the only talent I've got, and God used me. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, timing for me, timing for me has been sometimes a difficulty, trying to figure out, trying to read it a little bit. Reading it and and even like tapping it out and clapping it out can be uh, easier for me than doing it when everything else is going on. Now, I realize this is, this is uh, maybe a, a, an illustration we, we wouldn't uh, use, use as much, but uh, you, 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 think about, you think about drummers and the skill that does come with that. Nobody's ever, in, in, in what we're talking about, backbeats and all that type of stuff, you can't say they're not skillful. They're masters of timing, aren't they? they there's a term for it, they call it staying in the pocket. It kind of gives you that visual. They're just there, they got the click in their ear, and they're just on it. What I found is that the where of God's will is often much easier than the when. 
the where is often, we can wrap our minds around where God, even if it says the deepest, darkest Africa or whatever, we can conceptualize that, but time, that kills us sometimes because it's an X number of years or it's to tomorrow or today. Timing becomes a problem. You know what class you're supposed to be at at 8 o'clock in the morning? Getting there on time? That's a whole nother conversation. But I've found, and maybe this is partly a Western thing, I mean the Western side of the world, we conceptualize time differently than the rest of the world does. You know, realize in the East, I mean, even Hebrews and beyond, Israelites and beyond, they do seem to do a much better job of thinking multi-generationally than we do. We can barely think past the time our microwave is supposed to end, and they're setting up two and three and five and ten generations. How many times did the Bible talk about curses or what have you into two and three and four generations? And that was something that people, they didn't, there were people, uh, different kings and Solomon and others that said, as long as there's peace in my day. But we realized that was a very unbiblical thought process. Amen. And it's very unbiblical for us to stand here and talk about music as if it's only going to be our problem. It was a problem. It is a problem. And Lord Terry is coming. It will be a problem and a growing and mounting problem. But here's the problem. Here's the issue that I think we, or the reason we conceptualize time the way we do is because we have a problem zooming out on just our life and not sacrificing the future on the altar of the immediate. But we don't think multi-generationally. And we don't think the way that this verse just told us, verse 13, his mercy endureth if you zoom out and see things the way God does, your problems become very small. Your issues with your brother in Christ about what song they sing or don't sing. I'm not telling you, this is not an ecumenical thought. I'm saying, but the fact that you can't have a conversation with somebody about what they do or don't do becomes far less of an issue when you zoom all the way out and realize this is going to be your grandkids' problem. You say, I'm 20 years old or thereabouts. So was I 11 years ago. And we can all do the math, those of us that have graduated, on how long ago it was that we were sitting where you're sitting. Do I believe the Lord could come back? Absolutely. I expect him to. But can I ask, what if he doesn't? Sure, live as if he's coming back today, but prepare as if he's not. This burden of linking the previous generation with the present generation and the present generation with the future generation, that's a burden of mine. It was watered by, maybe, maybe even partially planted by, but watered by and nourished by Pastor Joe Grimaldi because he has a great burden for reaching the next generation. I've always been something of a, if you will, if you say what they call an old soul. And when I look old, I realize that. Nice folks uh, come up to me. It's so good to see young men in ministry. What are you, about 45 years old or so? I'm 31. I'm not 45. I just sound 60. And I look <laughs> 45. When I am 45, I'll buy my casket because it'll look like I'm ready for that. But in Bible college, I'll be honest with you. You say, maybe this is a peek into the psyche of Mike McCurry you didn't want. But realize, 
I was blessed, maybe it's because I was where I was raised, my parents, they, they were always very future-oriented. My dad was uh, joking, not, not jokingly, he is and was a tightwad. Um, he's, he's always thinking about saving a dollar because a dollar saved is a dollar earned, all those types of things. But maybe because of that, and just the way my mind works, when I was in Bible college, there'd be times I'd just kind of detach and I'd look at other guys around me, Brother Early, and I'd think, I could see myself hiring that guy one day for some ministry position. Or I say, I could see myself working with a guy like that. I mean, you know what, th what that requires is, and this is not pat me on the back, I'm just saying that requires thinking more than just your next paper you have to turn in. Exactly right. You got to think a little further than that. Because what I realize is the guys that I might be willing to hire or the guys I might want to work with, or there was a very small few guys I'd say, I could see myself working for that guy even. Guys that were my age, I can see myself working for that guy. That was a very small number. And now I find myself at this seminar submitting myself to Brother Hallberg, working alongside, and Brother Hall, and of course Pastor Kavanaugh, right. working alongside, but this is Pastor Kavanaugh's pulpit and yours, Brother Hall. And so if you want to do something, well, that's what we're going to do. I'm glad I came through this place and thought, you know, I, I could see myself working for that guy in some form or fashion. And I'm going to tell you this, if you can't submit to his, that, that man's authority right now, it's not going to happen in 11 years when you're out of here. So I'd recommend figuring out how to make it work now instead of banging your head against the wall for the next decade. But that requires thinking a little further down the line. You know, someone that thought uh, further down the line was a man named David. Second Samuel 7, 1 says, And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. He saw a problem, and he wanted to rectify it. He realized it wasn't going to happen overnight. But you realize, because of a few different reasons we're not going to get into, God would not allow David to build the house. And so he had to think multi-generationally. 1 Chronicles 28, 2, Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people, as for me, I had in mine heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and had made ready for the building. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build an house for my name because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood and you know what David said well fooey on that idea I'm never going to see it what's the point no the celebration we saw in 2nd Chronicles was the result of the work of a man that never got to see it I, I'll paraphrase, it's much more poetic than I can recall, it's not in my notes, but uh, a civilization or, or, or a culture is great when men plant trees that they'll never sit in the shade of. Someone that came across my newsfeed or something at one point, and the Lord put a twist on it in my mind, and a civilization crumbles when old men tear down trees they didn't have a hand in planting. So here's a problem. You can't see future generations 
And some of you are too stupid to see past generations, too. And the work that resulted in where you are right now. See, this thing is not, I'm reaching, I'll be honest, part of this message is me reaching out to my generation, if I can lump us in as millennials, if you guys are still, I have no idea where where the breakup is of years and all that type of stuff, but basically, my group and younger, we get much maligned for all the problems that we've caused, all right? So I'll lump myself in even though I look ancient, okay? (laughs) If I'm going to share the blame, at least I can act like I'm young for a few more years, okay? But here's the thing, as much as I want to compact, collaborate, cooperate with you, I'd be a fool not to reach back and grab the hand of the old men and say, hey, hey, 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever, how many years you got, could you walk with us for a little while too? Some of you are so smart you figured out things that God himself didn't know. How? How? We won't for sake of time, but in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, David gives everything to Solomon, including what's called the pattern, or what we would call the blueprint. He'd done everything possible. You want to know? I don't, have, I don't have the time. I didn't have the time right then. But when asked about this music uh, distribution network or whatever it may be, you know what I'm thinking? I may not be the one to do it. There may come another after me, if I can take this verse out of context, mightier than I, that can do far greater than I can. And it could be someone in this room. And you know what I'll say? Praise God. Go do that thing. But you know what? If the Lord allows me, I'd love to lay some groundwork for it. Maybe I'll be around long enough. I, I, I think so, as fast as technology moves. But how? Well, start bearing your responsibility. How do you accomplish multi-generational music? How do you reach the next generation? How do you link with the previous? Start bearing your responsibility. First Chronicles 22.5, David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is being builded for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent <laughs> of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. What are you preparing for? You say, oh, you're talking to our instructors. What are you preparing for? But then let's flip it. We're talking about reaching the next generation. How about the previous? Proverbs 13.1, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. How do you listen to these, if I can say, fathers of our faith? Just because you don't agree with, one, with what Brother Early says, you're just going to discount everything he said this week. He's only had 20, 30 years in music ministry. I'm sure he doesn't know anything. Same with Brother Hall. Or what you'll do is you'll discount everything Brother Hall says because Brother Early's a new voice. And I know you don't want that. No, you, sir. no sir at all. Well, okay, maybe Brother Hall's right because Brother Early backed him up. No, maybe Brother Hall's right because God let him right a long time ago. Maybe. Could be. You know, you'd be well, well advised to drop the scorner attitude here by the first day of class. You have a much better semester. Here's the deal. If thou hast, Jeremiah 12, 5, run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with the horses? 
If you can't handle a little bit of correction here from Brother Houston, you ain't going to handle it out there. Start bearing your responsibility. I am sick and tired of people telling me why it's everyone else's fault. You don't know what my pastor did to me. Oh, I forgot he's going to be called as a witness when you stand before the judgment seat. Oh, no, actually, you'll be standing there alone for how you reacted to it, how you acted. If you can't handle it in Bible college, friend, if you can't handle it, honestly, with something as minor, we, we treat it, music is a big thing. But in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. just hearing about a, a dear friend of mine, his mother just miscarried. Can I, can I, can I be blunt? That's a bigger deal mm -hmm. than what song we sing on Sunday morning. But you know if you're spirit-led, maybe just maybe God will lead you to sing the right song for that dear mother. And God could do a work and salve a wound that no man can as the Holy Spirit sweeps across and says, Now, Mom, you can sing it again one day. But you can't because you won't bear your responsibility. Seek to build relationships. We've already talked about this both, both ways, up and down. Can I just tell you, you find what you're looking for. If you're looking for a Paul, you'll find him. And can I say the older gentleman, if you're looking for a Timothy, you'll find him. Not every young man out there, they, well, we all are immature idiots. But if you let God lead you, you might find one that will pick up your mantle. Just by way of a little something the Lord showed me not long ago, it's nothing new to me, but Philippians 1, 1, Philemon 1, 1, 2 Corinthians 1, 1, Colossians 1, 1, 1 Thessalonians 1, 1. You know what they all have in common? You say, Paul wrote them, right? Oh, yeah. You know how he announced himself? Paul and Timotheus. Now, we make a big deal of Paul writing most of Scripture, but there's a few times in a lot of those books where he said we. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be too loud where many commentators have. I've never heard, I've really, honestly, I've talked about Pastor Grimaldi. He said, I've never really read that before. And so I'm not trying to be, there's nothing new in the sun. What I'm saying is, you could make the case that they, that possibly they co-wrote a little bit of Scripture. You know what, how much trust it takes to co-sign something with somebody? You're going to buy a house? You don't want just anybody co-signing with you. You're going to write a book of the Bible? You don't want just anybody co-signing with you. I'd be very careful of that. Seek to build relationships and stay biblically right. Thank you for listening to another Maverick message. We hope this sermon was as much a blessing to you as it was to us.